Welcome back to the Bench Press Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bennett Snyder. To my right, we've got Wesley Statman Minky. What's up? Across from me, we have our CCO, Cameron Robertson. Crob. How are we doing? Crob, do you want to talk about that new position real quick? The you CCO. Know, we just thought historian outdated. What do I really do as a historian? Nothing. Chief content officer. Chief content officer. I figure out what the content's about. That's big. And to my left. Makes me feel more important. <laughs> we've got producer, Timmy. Tim Way Conway. What up, boys? Yeah, got, Tim Way. We got a big announcement, fellas. Some Huge. would say an astronomical. Huge announcement. You know, I posted our uh, big announcement video on Instagram. Around a day later, I realized that the video cut off. I dropped the ball on that one, to be completely honest. I'll probably make a TikTok about myself clowning myself As later. chief content officer, I'm disappointed that you screwed up our content. You know yeah. what? It wouldn't be bench press media without a little bit of uh, That's all right. fuck shit happening. That's why we're on the bench. That's all right. Let's get going into the announcement, though. We have signed our first partnership deal with a company called Neverrest. Neverrest created the first ever portable foam roller to go around really any water bottle you have, mainly hydro flasks. And we really feel like this is the future of athlete recovery. You know, it's a real bitch to log around a huge roller. But I'll tell you what, this portable pad fits right into your backpack. It is next level. So when you go to check it out, if you buy one, which obviously you should, Use our code, the bench press, for free shipping on all of your purchases. Wes, what was the main reason we really partnered with Never Rest? Because here at Bench Press Media, we never rest. We never rest, and together, we will roll the world. Mm. But, Crop, we still have another sponsorship. Yeah, on this don't podcast. you think we forgot about Max's Meals, my friends? Max is mm, Meals. Not for a second. Great charity, great cause, great people. Crop, check them out. What are you doing if you haven't done? Ah, you people are dead to me if you haven't checked it out. All right. Wow. Just being honest. Okay. I mean, I've said it for weeks. Very brutally honest today on the podcast. Months. Is this going to be a brutally honest podcast today? I feel like it has when to be. When do I not keep it brutally honest? You do. You do. You always do. So, obviously, it is Super Bowl week. We are less than seven days away from the Super Bowl. Crazy. We're, we're not going to focus too much on it today because that's mainly what our Thursday episode is going to be about. Probably the whole thing. We're going to talk Gatorade colors. We're going to talk oh, first oh, coach on the TV. Hypothetical prospects galore. National anthem length. Yeah. I oh, mean, we're do gonna, I have some statistics about that? We're going to be what, all over it. So, be what a hit at the uh, over what a hit at the OU game the other day. Yeah. Wow. Long national anthem. There. I mean, did great she, job though. Yeah. Yeah. She was. Good. I could that girl hold a note. She was great. She was great. But like I said, we're going to get into that on Thursday. So make sure you tune back in on Thursday. So today, really, you know, just. Gen general chit chat between just the kind fellas. of shooting the shit general, general chatter general chit chat it wouldn't be the bench press podcast if we didn't talk about the miami dolphins oh yeah wes you finally got that nerdy looking fellow mike mcdaniel to be your head coach what's your initial reaction on that uh i love it um i for the past few weeks i didn't i was between two i was between kellen and mike mcdaniel which one i really wanted i didn't know this past week i've finally came to the realization i wanted mike mcdaniel um, the way the Dolphins' ownership, I guess, um, had kept talking about how they loved his interview. And the first interview was on Zoom. It was rushed. It was only like a 30-minute interview, they said. He was in and out, had to go. But they loved him. They thought he was interesting and wanted to bring him back. He was one of two finalists to come back. They interviewed him and Kellen Moore. And then his past interview, he interviewed this past Friday, I believe, before he got the job. And uh, he was in Miami live, and they said his interview lasted 10 hours long, consecutive, of just the ownership, just picking his brain. Talk about lasting long. 
Yeah. I mean, so, golly, Mike McDaniel. So he was uh, he was apparently an unbelievable candidate. They loved him. Um, and I'm all in on him. After the, the offensive performance that the 49ers found down the stretch and just the way they use the players, um, I think there's a lot of potential with his system in Miami. And people talk about how the Shanahan system is – I mean, I guess a run-based system, and not many people are used to it, but everywhere he's gone, he's been successful with it. And Tua's already played under it because Kyle Shanahan, Steve Sarkeesian ran his offense in Atlanta. Now McDaniel, same offense ran in San Francisco. Steve Sarkeesian coached Tua at Alabama. So he he's run the system before, so he's going to be super comfortable in it. So I like the continuity, and I'm just excited to see what the offense can do. And for a system quarterback to get back into his system, that's big not for Tua. A system quarterback. That is uh, big for Tua. Wes, are you worried that McDaniel hasn't called plays and is he going to be the play caller since Shanahan calls the plays in San Francisco? See, here's the, that's what I'm worried about because I don't know. As far as I've been able to tell, he's the only guy McDaniel's brought everywhere with him. Like, he's been with McDaniel for 10 years, and he's the one guy that's always been on his staff since they were you in mean Washington. he's been with together. Shanahan? Or Shanahan, rather, yeah. yeah. He's been with Shanahan for 10 years now. Like, they've gone around. They've always made each other's go-to man assistant-wise. So I think McDaniel picks up on that system. He knows the system. I feel like you can call it again. You never know till you're there and in the moment. And if McDaniel's that guy, we're gonna find out this year. I say I don't want to rush it. I don't want to give him like I don't want to find out what he's what he's like right away. Give him a year or two to be the coach and allow the system to set in, and uh, then we'll reevaluate. Crab, you know what Mike McDaniel proves? What does he prove? Do not judge a book by its cover. He's five nine. Yeah, he looks like an analytics. No, I guy. meant more obviously. Uh, we talked about uh, Brian Flores all last week. Mike McDaniel is a minority hire. Absolutely, yeah. 49ers got two uh, compensatory picks from it, from him getting hired away from yeah. their uh, from their roster. Yeah, two thirds. I mean, Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but a pretty popular news source ran an article about how Mike McDaniel was just going to be just the next young white head coach hired. Correct. Uh, Deadspin is. And they, oh, um, they spout poison. And he is not a just young white coach. He uh, is biracial. Uh, multiple former NFL players as well on Instagram. I saw a couple comments. Guys that were, I mean, rotational pieces on teams, like in and out of practice mm-hmm. squads, uh, that were like, oh, here we go again with this shit. Another young white head coach. Dear fact checking people. Yeah, you got to uh, fact check. For the love of Christ. But he, don't judge a book by its cover. He looks like he should be in the front office doing analytics like, yeah. Jonah, like, Jonah, like Jonah Hill on Moneyball. Yeah. Graduated from Yale. He's he's a really interesting guy too. Like people don't talk about him enough, but every player that he's coached, all the people on this 49ers team um talk so highly about him and like love the guy, say he's one of the best coaches they ever played for. Like he was a wide receivers coach, I think three different places, and each year he had one guy that was like career numbers and led the league in something. Like when he was with Washington, Pierre Garcon led the league in receptions. After like those few years in Washington, I don't think we heard Pierre Garcon's name again. Yeah, like another, he brings the best out. Andrew Hawkins talked about when he was in Cleveland for a year. He had the best year of his career. Had like 80 receptions for almost a thousand yards and like played out of his mind. McDaniel leaves. He never plays well again. Yeah, the one main one that I saw was Kyle Uzcheck's comments yeah. on him about how diverse his run scheme is. That brings up two questions for me, Wes. Obviously, you want to have this run for Shanahan system come into Miami. Who's going to be the running back for the Dolphins next year? Are we going to attack in the draft? Or are we going to attack in free agency? Because I can assure you it's not going to be Miles Gaskin. Yeah, so a lot of things I've been seeing is um, the scheme fits well with Duke Johnson, who came on late in the year. But the whole thing is he needs to have the right guys in front of him blocking. And a lot of the scheme runs that he's ran has a fullback included. And Miami does not have a fullback right now. Outside of a guy like Seaton Carter, who played for a couple snaps there. Hey, he not, was a Cincinnati Bengal. Right. Pro- 
uh, special teams right. star. But like not a like not a like a fullback you want as like yeah. your main guy on the roster. So a lot of people are saying the Dolphins are going to attack a fullback this offseason. Guy with a big name there, Pat Ricard mm-hmm. from Baltimore. He's easily he easily fits in this system. Former defensive lineman. Yeah, Pat Ricard. easily fits in this system. Um, ben Mason can play like the use check role ben uh, for this crazy. team. So that would be super efficient for us. And then other people are talking about how Lake and Tomlinson, um, Pro Bowl guard for the 49ers, might come over with McDaniel. He's a free agent. Might want that continuity. I don't know. We'll see. But I think a lot of players love McDaniel and love the way he coaches. And that's always a good sign, especially the respect he's getting around the league for being a first-time head coach. And people are already saying he's one of the best coaches that they've ever been a part of, like coaching staff-wise. That's a good sign. That was a very good dodge of an uh, answer. Uh, I asked who the running back is. So you're rolling with Duke I Johnson. I said I think – I no, because to be honest <laughs> with you, I think we're going to draft a guy second round. Okay. But I think Duke Johnson will be the early season. Like I think it's going to be a veteran that will transition into a rookie later on, but like the reps have to be there because okay. you have to get into the system okay. first. And then my second question, and one that I think a lot of people are excited about with McDaniel coming to Miami – is obviously we have seen the emergence of Debo Samuel this year. I think he called himself a what a, a wide back, wide back, a yeah. wide back at the Pro yep. Bowl. Do you think Jalen Waddle's ready to play that position? Because obviously Waddle, you know, he's a speedster. He's gotten some catches, but Debo Samuel, you look at him, he's a physical freak. You know, he's got tree trunks of legs, and that's not really something I see with Waddle. Do you think he's ready to play that Debo Samuel role just yet? I think he plays a. Uh, like a portion of it. I don't think he plays like that same role because, like you said, he's not Debo. He's not physically like at Debo's level. Um, but I definitely see him playing those like out of the backfield kind of like screen setup plays. I think a lot of that remains in the system because Miami did not run a lot of screens this year. That's one thing they didn't do. They were like 20, I think 28th in the league in like setup screen plays, whereas the 49ers were first by a long shot. So I think that kick is going to kick back into the system again. But yeah, I think Waddle speed wise. Um, very close to the same level as Debo, so I think that those like out of the backfield plays, but I don't think as many carries um, straight up will be handed to Waddle. Okay, Tim, uh, I've got a sneaky uh, Debo Samuel candidate on the Dolphins roster. You're gonna love Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden, I think he's gonna. Did step- you see his comments on Twitter? I yeah. Did. When McDaniel got hired, he said he was like all excited. Everyone's like, "This is Lynn Bowden's like revival. Like he's gonna get yeah, back I, to the Dolphins I, system." I, think, I would love it. I think Lynn Bowden will probably be that Debo Samuel guy. He's Running back, Super receiver, fast. everything. Played quarterback. Yeah, in played college. quarterback. Like, yeah. in one of the, what else does Debo Samuel do? Run trick plays that he yeah. throws the ball. Yeah. Len Bowden, I think, could end up being a sneaky good fantasy football and pick. The, the Dolphins, they traded for Len Bowden. They did not yeah. draft him. Len Bowden was drafted by the Raiders. And, I mean, if anything, the Raiders have proven they are terrible at drafting, except for Max Crosby. Yeah, he's a beast. He is an animal. Tim, I'm coming over to you. Let's talk about another NFL head coaching hire. Doug Peterson to the Jags. How are we feeling about that? I love Doug Peterson. I'm a huge Doug Peterson guy. I don't think he should have been fired in Philly. He was put in an impossible situation where Carson Wentz was not healthy and didn't want to play for Doug Peterson. And when he played with Jalen Hurts, Hurts played okay, didn't play great. And he was like, screw it. Let's just see what Nate Sudfeld has. Because you know what? Mm-hmm. you got to try and find a quarterback. And he'd been on the roster for three or four years as the third string and said, why not give him a game? He kind of got, he got fired for it. Yeah. I think that it's great for Trevor Lawrence. This is a guy who has won a Super Bowl, is a gutsy coach, runs a solid offensive system, is a good play caller, and really didn't have a lot of problems in the locker room at all compared to Urban, where everything was a shit show. Mm-hmm. So I really do think that... Uh, 
Doug Peterson the great hire. He's going to have to get a, a good uh, defensive staff together, but I really am not super worried about that. I think Doug Peterson's a, great, a slam dunk hire, home run hire. I think that Trevor Lawrence should be ecstatic about it. Yeah, Rob, I'm coming to you. When I think of Doug Peterson, I think of another very smart offensive mind, even though he's not the youngest guy around the league. He's another guy who I saw flourish in the run game. Obviously, we've talked this is good for Trevor Lawrence, but I think this is more good for Travis Etienne and James Robinson. What do you think in this offense will look like next year? Uh, yeah, I mean, part of the reason the Eagles were successful when he was there was because they had a pretty high-powered offensive attack, even with a, a sort of lack of weapons necessarily outside of a guy like, like Zach Ertz. I mean, he had Wentz playing at an MVP level, and we've seen every other year Wentz has played football. That's a uh, difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be very good for Trevor Lawrence's development. I think it'll be a slam dunk, like you said, in the running game for a, for that two-headed backfield in Robinson and Etienne. And then he's not uh, he's not opposed to trick plays either. We nope. saw Philly Philly. We saw they the have, Philly special. They have multiple, multiple guys who are very athletic. LaVisca Schnolt is the one that immediately to comes him. to my mind uh, for some sort of trick plays. But really, I think this is a win for the team as a whole and ice cream lovers within the organization because Doug Peterson always has some damn ice cream after film. It's going to be interesting. You mentioned playmakers for the Jaguars. Why am I? DJ Shark, Mm -hmm. upcoming free agent. Yeah. If you're the Jags, do you bring DJ Shark back? Well, I believe DJ Shark is going to be starting the year entered, so it's going to be it. It's it's sort of how his recovery goes and what is uh what his contract would be looking like. I mean, he was a guy who had a borderline Pro Bowl year, over a thousand yards, and then. You know, coming off an injury, we're going to see what he does next year. Wes, what do you have to add on this? I was just going to say, I think Doug Peterson, uh, I mean, obviously fired in a bad way, but won a Super Bowl. I think he has a lot of connections around the league, can build a really smart, strong veteran staff pretty quickly in uh, Jacksonville. I think that's what they need to turn the franchise around because I feel like they've taken too many chances with young guys that are inexperienced at whatever they bring them in to do. So I think having a veteran staff could help the organization help a guy like Shad Khan to figure out what he wants to run, how he wants to run his franchise, and I think it could change a lot. I don't know what Urban Meyer is young and inexperienced at. No, I'm but... saying like the re- like the rest of his like hires have never been like so far in his tenure had never been guys that are like they've coached the NFL level, they've been like they've done well, they've won a Super Bowl. Like Peterson's a change yeah, in that is. system. I agree. Let's talk about a guy who has coached in the NFL. Krupp. The Texans fired David Culley. And they promoted their defense coordinator, Lovey Smith, to head coach. What are we making of this? Yeah, I thought Lovey Smith was still at Illinois. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea he was a nah, defensive coordinator Red of the Houston Texans. No, um, I, I weirdly like it. Lovey Smith is coaching a Super Bowl, people. He has. He has coached in a Super Bowl as a head coach. He's a pretty good coach. Things didn't end well in Chicago, but that front office has been a shit show for years at this point. So... Can we really attribute it all to him? But guess what? He's going into another shit show. Yeah. The Texans are a fucking circus. Mm-hmm. The fact that they run the released their final three candidates for the job the other day. Lovey Smith was not a name on that no, list. No, he was not, which is why. The was... names on that list were Brian Flores, who's suing the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Gannon, who is defense coordinator for the Eagles, who I, I don't even know why don't he know was really getting from. consideration. Mm-hmm. And Josh McCown, who has never coached a down of professional football in his life. No, never. How the hell are those your three finalists? Let's not forget, they also interviewed Heinz Ward as well. And then they land on Lovey Smith, who actually, out of all those people, I would have picked outside of Flores. But who yeah. knows with the legal area, what's going on yeah. there. 
But if you look at all the other options compared to Lovey Smith, I think he was the absolute best hire. And uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, he's more of a defensive guy. Like we said, he is the defense coordinator. So he's going to need to get a good offensive staff in there, especially if you're going to roll with Davis Mills as your guy to uh, to get him going and uh, improving in the next couple of years. We're going to come back to Davis Mills. Wes, I'm coming to you with a question. Do we think this Lovey Smith hire, Crab mentioned the three finalists, none of them got the job. Do we think this Lovey Smith hire was another case of the Texans really just couldn't find anyone to take their job? They probably had someone in mind that had already gotten hired away in the NFL to these other vacancies, and then they kind of just had to go to Lovey Smith. Is this a long-term answer for them? So Ian Rapport said today he thinks that this is a short-term response to try and build in the like in the draft and try and get veteran free agent guys before they try and get a good head coach to come in which kind of a slap in the face to lovey smith because like now you're promoted you're probably not going to get demoted back down to defensive coordinator so you're basically going to lose a job here in a couple years and the texans eventually fire you but i thought the slam dunk pick all along was going to be brian flores like that made the most sense he wanted watson in miami he had his chance to get watson and not to make any moves for it Mm -hmm. like he's in houston already so i thought that was a slam dunk pick to make that and then they said this morning, too, they think Pep Hamilton's going to stay as the OC now. So I guess that's continuity for Davis Mills if he wants to come back and, I guess, still coach him. Yeah. It's just it's a weird system. I don't really understand it, but I guess Texans going to Texans. Yeah, it's weird, you know. It's almost like you want to call him the interim head coach. Yeah. But you don't want to call him the interim head coach. It's like I, a short-term I hold. agree. Flores was the move here, and maybe they just had to do this because, like we said— you probably can't get hired as a coach in the NFL when you're actively suing the NFL. So maybe this is just the Texans' way of waiting for Flores. We don't really know, Tim. Uh, I think we will be having the same conversation next year about who will be coaching the Texans. If Lovey Smith is the coach at this point in the offseason next year, I'll be shocked. Uh, it's just, it makes no sense why any of this is happening. I get they just didn't, they had no quality candidates. No. No quality candidates. And that's all because, and if that speaks to the respect that David Coley had throughout the league, because people are listening to him, and he's saying this franchise doesn't respect you. They'll bring you in. They're going to sign you to a contract, and they will cut you loose, even though you uh, exceeded expectations. Yeah, I would the fact, say the Texans exceeded expectations. The fact the Texans don't have the number one overall pick is yeah. shocking. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be the worst team in football by far. They have they lost their five best players all in the last five years. Yeah, obviously, I talked about it last week with the Dolphins. I said personally I wouldn't want to go coach somewhere if I knew the owner was offering $100,000 for a loss. The same thing is for the Texans. I wouldn't want to coach someone after they just cut ties with a very respected veteran coach in the NFL after one season where they exceeded expectations. It doesn't make sense to me. We're going to see what unfolds with the Texans. Tim, I'm sending you on a task right now. Has there ever been an NFL team, you're going to have to Google this, has there ever been an NFL team to have three different head coaches in three straight seasons? I'm very interested to see if that's true. Uh, I can answer the question right now. Okay. Yes. Who? Uh, the Jaguars, Doug Marone, uh, Urban Meyer, Ooh. Uh, and now Doug Peterson. Okay, well, check again. Check. Okay, that so is th- true. That's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah, and no, that's Doug Marone I, in 2019. And technically, uh, they had four if you count Daryl Bevel as the interim head coach. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not counting interim. But Crop, I'm just I'm just interested to see when they eventually hire Josh McCown. They've interviewed him too many times. Now. Yeah, they, they interviewed him last year. They interviewed him multiple times this year. I bet he is the quarterback's coach on Lovey Smith's staff. The only reason they're promoting him is to give him a year of coaching in the NFL. I don't think they're going to take him as the quarterback's coach. I think Pep Hamilton's the only reason mm-hmm. he's going to be OC is because he's QB coach and they want to keep him there. Because he's been with Herbert, Lat- 
two years ago even with davis mills this year and probably davis mills again the next year last question to wrap up texans talk crop davis mills he's a starter going forward what are we expecting from him i'm expecting more of the same what we saw this year some decent decent to good play on a shitty team and so, he's going to be the reason that they outperform expectations slightly again okay so i think they're a bad team but he has some decent weapons around him i also am in- very interested to see what they do with their uh first round pick it's just going to be really very hard for him to break because out because it's going to be really it's going to be a telltale sign if they go o-line or if they go defense like as silly as that is to say like if they go o-line does that mean they're building around davis mills it's it's going like, to be what that mean that's their franchise quarterback it's going to be very interesting Krob, i said i was going to wrap up we're going to do a little segment instead okay <laughs> i'm going to list off rookie quarterbacks you're going to tell me if you'd take them or davis mills all right okay let's start with trevor lawrence trevor lawrence zach wilson Zach Wilson. Justin Fields. Justin Fields, for sure. Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance, yeah. Mac Jones. Mac Jones, absolutely. He's Pro Bowl. Okay, so still, even after what we saw from Davis Mills, you're taking all the guys drafted ahead of him over Davis Mills. I hate Zach Wilson the most out of that list, and he played a great five weeks football to end the season. Okay, so we're going to see what Davis Mills' future looks like I think I would take Davis Mills over Trey Lance. I think he's the only one on that list, because I just Uh, think we haven't seen enough of Trey Lance. Like I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, but there's a reason that a team who was just in the Mm -hmm. NFC Championship trusted that man enough to take over their roster a year after they make the NFC I'm saying we haven't seen enough of him to say he's an NFL quarterback yet. Like, we've seen, what was it? Like 14 weeks of Davis Mills? Yeah, yeah but we saw, who, who we said saw. we've seen enough of Davis Mills to play for any team not named the Houston Texans? I, I mean, I'll make the boldest take. I'll take, I would take Davis Mills last year over Justin Fields. Justin, yeah, Justin Fields played terrible. Justin Fields uh, was, Justin Fields turned he, was the, the, he was the worst rookie quarterback. He was, the, he was maybe the worst qu- started, yeah. long-term starting mm-hmm. quarterback in the entire league it last year. It didn't matter if it was him or Andy Dalton in the game. It's and him. you know, I what? think that's a byproduct of the system. Yeah, though. I agree, Just but he naggy. still played horrendous. So we're going to have to I see agree. what goes on Tim, there. Tim, I really don't want to say it, but I would have taken Justin Fields over Big Ben last year. Oh, well, yeah. You you would have taken yeah. Big Ben mm-hmm. threw for thirty eight hundred yards and I would say uh, it was a painful thirty eight hundred. But still, he th- he had more yards, you more touchdowns, in and less interceptions. You put Fields in that system, you guys make a legit run at the AFC North, like a legit run. I compl- I think I, I, are you 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 guys are serious right now? You would take yes. Justin Fields who threw I think fourteen interceptions, like I'm, seven I'm starts saying, I'm over saying Big you Ben. You put Justin Fields in that system with Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris, and he already has two better weapons than he had all year. Dave, that's a bit disrespectful to David Montgomery. I would think so. I would have much re- if if you're if I'm the Steelers and I'm picking between Big Ben last year or a first year Justin Fields. You're, I'm taking first year Justin Fields. I, now all you the guys mistakes say, you guys he made, mistakes guys, he made last year don't happen in the Steelers. But if you're telling me to pick Justin Fields on the Bears or Big Ben on the Steelers last year, I'm taking Big Ben on the Steelers because he was a veteran quarterback in a better situation. But I would have rather had the younger guy for the Steelers. Tim, you want to say it's disrespectful? The two weapons I just named were both Pro Bowlers. Who would the Bears have make the Pro Bowl on the offensive side? Nobody. He yeah, had no weapons uh, around wrong. him. Jakeem Grant. Yeah. Okay, well, he's a punt returner. Technically, he made so. on the special team. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was. He took a snap he, at wide receiver. He, yeah. He I took saw a little Miles Garrett. Yep. I saw <laughs> Trayvon I saw Diggs it. took a snap at wide we gotta receiver. We got to move on. We got to move on. We just got into a complete pointless hey, argument about Justin Fields. That's the whole point of this. Can Fields we move on to the Pro Bowl? No, we're going to move on to the last head coaching hire. That is my personal favorite that I think this coach is going to have the longest tenure out of any coach hired this year. And it's Josh McDaniels in. Vegas. Mm. In Vegas. I love the hire. He had been waiting to get in the right position. And listen, this is a guy who is not going to be expected to come in and win right away. Okay, listen. We've talked about this AFC West. It is a gauntlet. Absolute gauntlet. They're bringing in Josh McDaniels 
to rebuild. I am fully confident on that. Even if Derek Carr is on the team next really? year, very, very confident that they need to rebuild. Interesting. Very, so. very, very, very confident. I thought they wanted to bring in a guy who could just system guy, knows how to play in the Bill Belichick system, win some games, make the playoffs again. Nah, I, I'm with Bennett because, like, let's be honest, I you have disagree. Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller all on under contract for the next, I think, two years. After that, Where's the rest of the talent on the team? They have no really good. Hey, receivers. hey, hey! Hunter Renfro, Pro Bowler. Sure. Uh, they have no like. They don't have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side is literally just Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. Other Devon than that, talk about we we've talked about overperforming so far in this episode. That team overperformed exactly. By a That's what million. I'm saying. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So and why would they rebuild now? Because, because I, you're they're, not they're capitalizing what you got. No, they don't have anything. They, that's what I'm saying. But I don't they, think Derek Carr is going to sit around and wait for a rebound. I think I don't, he wants out if that's the case. Yes, I think, and I think that's why mm-hmm. he's going to be taking snaps somewhere else next year. But I genuinely just think that the Raiders don't have the capital and everything else on their team to make another playoff run in the next two years. They just don't. Darren Waller would have to probably be a 1,500-yard receiver with Josh Jacobs going for 1,500 yards on the ground. For them to have any chance of they them just to made the sn- playoffs, but by a luck, li- yes, luck. Right. That's that's fine though. They still made the playoffs. I know they didn't win a game though. And you you, you want to talk many about teams want the Packers didn't want to gain this playoffs. You want to talk about a guy? And the Packers going to be rebuilding. Yeah, you want to talk because a- their quarterback costs too much. <laughs> Do you want to talk to a guy who knows a thing or two about losing playoff games every single year? I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two. No franchise wants that. A good franchise in the NFL will look at what they have, look at the teams around them within the division, and they'll be like, hey, do I think I can compete right now? And the smart ones will say no. Because, listen, the Denver Broncos are rebuilding as well. They're a quarterback away. They are a quarterback away. And they are way closer to winning a championship than the Raiders. The Chargers are closer. And the Chiefs are closer. The Chiefs already won one. Yes, they are. I disagree. I disagree. The Raiders were... One play away from beating the AFC champion yes. in the playoffs with the same roster you're saying is rebuild worthy with an interim head coach who had no head coaching experience and went right back to his old job this offseason. I think they're closer than the Broncos. They're clearly closer than the Chargers are because they mm-hmm. beat the Chargers to go to the yes. playoffs. They beat the they knocked him out. You know, char- said, yeah. you know what? That the was a playoff game. That if, was a playoff you, game. Yeah. You want to talk if about you, not winning playoff compare, games? That was you, a playoff game. If you compare the rosters of the rest of the AFC West, it doesn't matter. They, no, th- listen. It doesn't matter. Chiefs, young, talk. young quarterback who is the be- probably the best in the league in terms of talent, maybe the best ever. You have Justin Herbert, young quarterback, thrown for 400,000 plus yards. 400,000? Holy or fucking four, yards. 4,000 plus yards and 30 plus touchdowns. You have Derek Carr. Older, can't win the veteran, big games. Can't Herbert. win big games. Herbert can't win big games. He, he lost is three a straight second-year quarterback. Like, you're building my point. Derek Carr is established. Why would you rebuild with Derek Carr? No, you're. He's that's the point. You're not. You're not. You're not, you're you're not, you're not rebuilding, rebuilding with Derek Carr. Carr. You're getting rid of you're Derek Carr. You're going to take the guy who just made the AFC wild card. Like Crop said, was a a play away from making it past the AFC wild card round, beating the mm-hmm. AFC champions. And you're going to tell me that's a roster that rebuilds with an interim head coach. Who yeah, now has a have, guy who's a veteran guy who could have taken jobs anywhere else, was on the plane to Indianapolis, about to take a job, said no, this is the job he chooses, and you think he want to rebuild with that. Let's not act like Josh McDaniel got a ton of interviews after he got off that plane. Be, he didn't exactly, get shit. Exactly. That's my point. Yes. Why take it now? Because he's he going to get Bill's job in five, six years when Bill retires. Because who wants to wait five, six years to be the offensive coordinator in New England after doing it for 10? He's done it for 10 years. 
There's just you want to talk about no talent on offense. Look at the Patriots. They have mm-hmm. no receivers. What do the uh, Raiders have? They have one receiver, and it's Hunter Renfro. They need a to clean house. They have a new management who is a Patriots guy. They have a new coach, Patriots guy. They are they cleaned house. They're not going to have much roster turnover at all. Josh McDaniels will probably not win more than five games the first two years as a head coach each year because they need to rebuild and acquire draft capital. They have no draft capital. They have blown every single pick that they have had the last six years. Yeah, they have not drafted anyone. I agree. I I agree with you. I agree with you that they have blown every pick. They don't have a great roster. Again, they were in the playoffs. They were a play away from moving on to the divisional round. You have a guy who came on late in the year, Max Crosby, who now is an anchor on that defense. You have guys they can bring in. They have money. Bring in veterans. Why would you rebuild on a team that has the playoffs in their hands? They've made the playoffs. They have the money to go do it. They bring in a veteran head coach who's been in a system like Bill Belichick's for years on years on years. Finally takes a head coaching job, and you think now's the time they choose to rebuild. This is not a veteran head coach. This is his first time being I, a head coach no, in the not, NFL. No, it's, it's not. not. He was the head no, coach of the Broncos not. in the early 2000s. You're right. You're right. But I'm just saying he's been in a system where Bill Belichick basically would give him the keys. He's the only guy that stayed every single year with Bill Belichick, and he chooses to leave now. Why? Because he knows the Raiders have a chance. No, they don't. They have t- Wes. You want to talk about money? They have $21 million in cap space, okay? And, and let's be real. They, need? they are locked in on one guy. If they're going to spend that money, we all know who it's going to. Devontae Adams. Yes, okay. What do you think happens if you bring in Devontae Adams to the Raiders? I'll tell you this. They win seven, eight games. And and, get, and they, you bring Devontae Adams in. <laughs> they, if they get Devontae Adams, they make it at least the division Okay, they're, they're no guaranteed. fucking They're second-best defensive players walking. They have to resign Nick Ngakwe. There, there goes there. The like, ha, like I love Max Crosby. He's a dog. But one more thing, I just we want to talk about closer to a championship. Okay, we're this is how we're gonna wrap it up. Okay, closer to a championship. Okay, why wrap it up? We're having great discussion. No, we're wrapping this up. We're just gonna say L.A. Chargers and Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders closer, right now. And I'm gonna firmly disagree, based off one point. I've always said it about Joe Burrow. Okay, when you get a quarterback like that. A young genera- generational guy, people will want to come play for you. The Chargers have right around $60 million in cap space this year. They are going to let Mike Williams walk. They don't need him. They've got guys like Guyton and they've got Josh Palmer, guys they who played. Bring in Devontae Adams. They can if they want to. Listen, I'm telling you right now, the Chargers with $60 million in cap space compared to the Raiders with $20 million in cap space, the Chargers are light years ahead of the Raiders as far as making that Super Bowl. That's my case, Krob. I just don't understand how you said they signed Devontae Adams and they lose three more games next year. I just don't it's get not it. Plausible. Because because I'm, not saying, I'm not saying they're Super Bowl contenders, but for you to say that they're going to rebuild completely is asinine to me. The Raiders if are one thing, are consistently in the 7-10 to 10 win range because they refuse to rebuild and they refuse to contend. I see no difference. They're going to do the exact same thing they've been doing for years. It's the Mark Davis special. They're going to either be a wild card team or they're going to blow up and just miss the playoffs. It's one of the two. Yeah, and that is asinine. It is the worst thing an NFL franchise can do. Mediocrity is horrible for I'm fans. not saying it's not, but it's going to happen. They have culture issues. They already have issues with the hire of Josh McDaniels that the players aren't happy that he got hired because they want to Rick Bisaccia. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think this is going to be a big rebuild that you're thinking because that would require order and people making the right decisions in this front office, that doesn't happen in Vegas. 
It's a shit show. It's a circus. It's going to be the same thing it's been. Tim, I completely disagree with you, Krob. Uh, every everything that went wrong in the John Gruden era is gone. Mike Mayock gone. The only thing that's consistent is the owner, who honestly seems like he's going to be taking a backseat because you don't hire someone away from the Patriots if you're not getting ready to undertake some sort of the Patriot way. And obviously, that hasn't worked a ton in just history of Belichick associates. But I I, I think that this team is the exact same. And comparable of roster as when Jim Caldwell got fired and Matt Patricia went in there. They overperformed, made the playoffs, lost, fired Jim Caldwell, and then Matt Patricia brought them to the Dark Ages. I think that they need to go into the Dark Ages because if they don't get anyone to draft, their team is old. And Derek Carr could, if Rodgers goes to Denver, all of a sudden Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in that division. He's and they. How many divisional games do you really see them winning? I get your point about the Gruden era being done, but what was spectacular and not dysfunctional about the Jack Del Rio era, even in the year they made the playoffs? Exactly. It was so dysfunctional. That's my point. That is the point They're I'm making. It has been it. dysfunctional. It's not going to change. It's not going to they change. They fired Jack Del Rio a year after he went 12-4 and four and almost won a playoff game with Connor mm-hmm. Cook. Yeah. You are, you are agreeing with my point. point. No, I am disagreeing because you guys just keep talking about how terrible it's been. They have new general managers. Right, but you're they saying have, that they're going to take, they're going to just throw everything away that they've done because that's just the Raider way, and they're, they're going to figure out how to make a brand new franchise and do get you, rid of all these old pieces. That is not the Raider way. They're going to deal with what they have and try and add to it, and it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be eight or nine wins every single year. That's the Raider way. They're going to sneak in the playoffs or just barely miss it, like Rob said. They're going to find a way in the wild card round, maybe win a game, go to the divisional round. They're not, I'm I'm with you. They are not better than the Chiefs. I agree. They're probably not better than Chargers, and they're probably not better than the Broncos. But in games in the AFC West, what has happened? The Chargers have beaten the Chiefs. Are the Chiefs better than the Chargers? Yes. The Chargers beat the Chiefs almost every year. Do the Broncos ever beat the Raiders or the Chargers? Yes. Are they better than them? No. It's the AFC West. Anyone beats anyone. And you're going to tell me Derek Carr is going to just leave the team after he just made the, the wild card round? The entire fan base is finally behind them. They're in a brand new place, Las Vegas. You think they're just going to rebuild and throw all the money that they have with the entire dreams of making the playoffs these next couple years? All these guys are finally hitting their peak, and you're just going to throw it away. What? Who's hitting their peak? Darren Waller. I I get the point about the Derek new. Carr, I get the point Hunter about Renfro. I get the point Derek about Carr the new management. In 2016. I get the point about the new management. What has any Patriot executive that's been hired recently shown us? Nick Casario is a fucking circus leader in Houston. What is to say that this won't be any different? Bill Belichick is the only executive that's been consistent out of New England because he consistently does it in New England. I'm not saying that this can't happen, that they can't rebuild, or that they can't go all in on trying to contend and that failing as well. I'm just saying where we saw this season... The Chargers have moves they need to make in order to become Super Bowl contenders. Do I think they will and can do that? Yes. I love Brandon Staley as a head coach. I think Herbert is fucking amazing. I think he's an absolute humdinger of a quarterback. But they need to make those moves. They have not yet. The Raiders have not made the moves to either rebuild or contend. I think they're just going to stay where they are and try to do what they did again this year. And I think that's what's going to end up happening. They're going to be middle of the pack in the AFC. I think the Broncos are trying with this Hackett thing to lure Aaron Rodgers, to lure Devontae Adams. If that works, then they're going to then try to be contenders. If it doesn't, they're going to stink again as well. It just depends on the moves people make. I'll Okay, so then I'll come to agree with you on this. I don't think the Raiders are going to do a ton this offseason, okay? I don't either. Well, can I fucking talk for the love of God? All right, here's the thing. 
I don't think they're going to do a ton, all right? And I agree with you. They're going to be middle of the pack, all right? And I think that is the start of the rebuild. I really do because I think, I'll say this, I think they come in last in the AFC West this all. If they go into with generally the same roster, okay, I think they come in last in the AFC West. They're not competing with the Chargers next year after they spend their money. They're not going to compete with the Chiefs. The Chiefs whooped them two times this year. And then, you know, I'll give them that they split the series with the Broncos. I think it's okay? dependent on who the Broncos get at quarterback. But, yeah, I think okay. the AFC North ends up being probably the best division in football next but year. But I'll finish or AFC West, I'll finish sorry. on this point, okay? I think that this is the start, okay? So we'll agree on this. I don't think they make a ton of moves this offseason. But I think after next season where they are completely mediocre, and let's just say that they— you know what? They won a couple of games this year. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Chargers in the last game of the year. Let's say they should have lost those games. Okay, they're mediocre. They probably are closer to the rebuild this year. Just because they made the playoffs, yes, I could see them holding on to their hopes. But really, if Derek Carr's the quarterback this year, I think it's his last year. And I think the Bengals are a great example of this. Okay, they're a team who I mentioned it, Wes. They stuck around. They made the playoffs like what four or five straight five seasons. Times five in a row. straight seasons. Never won a game, and the fans just got pissed. And then the team had an off year, and then that's finally when the rebuild started going. They tank- they didn't tank, but they lost a ton of games. Got yeah. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow gets hurt. They get Jamar Chase. Two years of absolute shit, and they're now in the Super Bowl. No. I think people should be looking at the Bengals as an exact image of what you should do if you want to get back to contending. Cut ties with your veterans, Geno Atkins, A.J. Green, Andy Dalton. They're all gone. And then you bring in young guys who can be the face of the franchise. And in two short seasons, that whole franchise has been revived. Hey, I'm not disagreeing. I just think the Raiders don't make that decision. I just think they do the mediocreness. And we can see, I, mm-hmm. I could totally see a rebuild happening. I just think it is more likely that they just continue with this mediocrity. That's all my point was. Tim? Uh, the Bengals are basically like the new early 2000s Colts, when you think about it. They drafted Edgar, They lost a bunch of games, drafted mm-hmm. Edgar and James. Lost a bunch of games, got Peyton Manning. They got mm-hmm. dra- lost a bunch of games. Got Marvin Harrison. Bang. There's a big three. That's Joe Mixon. That's Joe Burrow. That's Jamar Chase. Now all of a sudden, you have three huge pieces to build on. You start getting an offensive line through free agency in the draft, and bang, you win Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And let's just mention this. If Joe Mixon doesn't hit a woman, we probably don't get him. And yeah. you know what? We condemn that. We do condemn that. Look at me. I'm all over the place. Yeah. I'm, Imagine I know if you I didn't condone draft it. John Ross. No, yeah. no, oh, no, no. You, on, you, don't, you don't want to condone it. We don't condone it. Oh, I don't condone it? I condemn it. Yes. I didn't even listen to what you said. I zoned you out. Because I'm terrible at it. Let's yeah. let's talk more about running backs who are getting in trouble with their fist. Wes, Alvin Kamara. Is Are- it Kamara or Kamara? It's Kamara. I, well, be- I mean, when the lights are on, it's Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Kamara. Did you read anything on this report at all? I just saw that he got charged. I didn't know what it was, though. I did know you, it was the did you guys read anything about this? I did. Read up a little bit about it. Uh, yeah, basically... You know, got into a bit of a shoving altercation with, uh, you know, a guy in the elevator. Guy in the elevator gets his hands put on him by Alvin Kamara. You know, get into a little push. Alvin Kamara and his friends drop the guy. He is unconscious on the floor. And then, you know, Alvin Kamara and his friends proceed to kick the shit out of him. He goes into the hospital, fractures in his face, and now pressing charges against Alvin Kamara. This is not a good look. Not a good look at all. Wes... Could we see him eventually getting cut from the Saints, maybe getting into this no. Dolphins culture? No. There's no way he gets cut from the Saints. He's uh, their only playmaker. I, I, hey. Six-game suspension incoming. I mean, it, he's got to. Hey, if he gets cut, the Cowboys love our ex-cons. <laughs> Bring true. him home. Zeke, pff, get the hell NFL running backs got to start taking the stairs. Yeah, the elevator. Seems oh, like, yeah, it shout. seems like elevators are not great for NFL running backs. No. So, can we talk about Ray Rice just real quick? Yeah. I saw a TikTok. It was like, 
post your favorite picture pre-disaster. And it was a little guy, a little kid. He was little at the time when this whole thing was going down. Was at a Rutgers game. Took a picture with Ray Rice. And you could tell from the hat, it was the same exact hat Ray Rice was wearing when the elevator went down. It was 12 hours later. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Imagine having that picture on your phone, knowing that you were with Ray Rice right before. Yeah. Catastrophic failure. Yeah. To Damn. be fair, he also played like, Ray Rice did play like dog shit that year too. He did. Everything was on the downhill for him. Everything on the downhill. Except the elevator. I was going up. Wow. That was a good one. Wow. Yeah. No. There's. Okay. You guys I'll, really got to learn what I'll color hit, is what I'll sound. I'll hit the right sound effect. Uh, let's go around the world of sports. Wow. That, that was some. That's the most heated we've gotten debates in a while. Yeah. That was good. That, that was, was good. That was good. I that, got. That felt good. My my pits are sweating a little Same, bit. Same. That felt good. And you know what? We're going to walk out of the studio act like nothing ever happened. Nope. That you know that just fired me up for our basketball game. We tonight. got a little intramural basketball game tonight. Yeah, That's that true. Fired me up. That's true. I might have to ditch this sweatshirt. I'm sweating. Let's talk weather actually real quick. Unusually hot here in Athens. Yeah, 40 degrees in February. Said who? Hey, we had 50 last week. Yeah, yeah. we did have 50. We, it was, it's shorts weather. It seems like we're getting at least one day every week or so where. We are going to melt every single ounce of snow that we have here in Athens, Ohio. Just so it can come back And then on the it's going to come right back. We got more days in the 40s than the 30s this week. Really? That's big. Yeah. Go Athens, Ohio. Huge. Go Athens, Ohio. Wes, the NHL was back. Wow, I just burped a little bit. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Full disclosure. Christ. Uh, Wes, NHL, uh, all-star break? Yeah. Let's talk jackets. Yeah. Uh, don't head into the all-star break as bad as they should. I was talking um, more about a jacket who did something. This uh, Zach Wierenski, yeah. Won the uh, fountain face-off at the All-Star game. Pretty cool. Pretty cool for the fan base. He got a little 100K check too, right? Uh, Just under 100K for being in the Metro division when they won. A million dollars split between 11 guys. I'll tell you what. You give me a $100,000 check in Vegas, I might not come back. Well, I might pay off my student loans. Well, that would be very much and responsible yeah, of you. Yeah, that, that's that. I mean, Bennett would be doubling it, so... I mean, I would also be paying off my student loans with my hypothetical gambling wins, and then I'd still have that $100,000 left over because when have I ever lost a bet in my lifetime? When I have think... you ever won a bet, though? I've never. You're O and O. I'm O and O. You're right. O and O. Have never bet. Uh, parlays of the day. We hit another one. We did. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, we hit another. Was that our third, crop? Third. With three and what? Were you three and sixth? Uh, What's I the exact it's... money if you've put 10 on each lay of the day? How much are you up hypothetically? I will do, give me half a second. That's half a not second. what I want to okay. on. That's not what I want I think it's like on. 260. Uh, That's big. 265. Well, hey, okay. three and seven, Tim. Ah, 10 okay. parlays of the day have gone You know down. what? We all have, indiv- do you want to put everyone's individual record on blast? Let's right do now? it. Let's go. All right. Oh, I'm going to start with old, I'm gonna start with old producer Timmy here. Seven and three. That's not bad. Very solid. 70%. Yeah. Take it. 70% hit rate. Yeah. Tim is a he's five and three on college basketball. That's though. not great. That's he's two and zero in the NBA. Yeah, two and zero in the NBA. Buddy knows his NBA. Let's, one hell of a Cavaliers comeback. Yeah, let's give the Cavs some props. Holy yeah. Kevin Love and Shetty Osman, man. Shetty Osman. He was playing so bad. At the is, end it of the game, no, it is Jetty? Jet, it's no, it's Jetty. It's Jetty. According to my good friend and Cavaliers I'm, fanatic Christian Define, it's Jetty, and I would trust him with my life when it comes to Cleveland sports. That's true. I would too. That man knows his Cleveland lives, sports. Lives, breathes, hey, dies, Tim knows bleeds. Sports too. He lives there now. So, all right. West Mickey six and four. Sixty percent. Six and four. Yeah. He is uh he's five and four in college basketball. Ooh, yeah. Avoid college one basketball. One of them in the NHL. Avoid college basketball, please. Uh oh, Bennett Snyder, seven and three. Hey, 70%. seven and three. 
Oh and three in the NBA though. I'm avoiding the NBA from here on out. I look at my stats. Seven and zero in the NCAA though. Thank you very much. Seven. Yeah. Thank you very and much. And not to brag too much about myself, but eight and two. That's nice. I am the best picker. Eight and two in call. I don't pick anything other than college basketball. I yeah. I, I'm probably gonna be sticking to more NBA going forward. That's big. It is. Well, that's weird because so your hypothetical pick for well, I said hey, I, I, guess, I said going I guess, forward. I guess yesterday is when this is gonna go up, but it is Kansas money lines. So we'll see. Men's league, Tim. We will see. Let's go back to the world of college basketball, and we'll start with Kansas. Huge road. Oh, no, sorry. Huge home win against Baylor after getting their shit kicked in, to say it nicely, by the Kentucky Wildcats. Kansas needed this, Krob. Do we think that Kansas could potentially be a contender moving forward? Yeah, they're just inconsistent. Mm -hmm. It's got to, if they show me more consistency, I really think they can compete. But right now, they're too inconsistent. Baylor also missing a couple good players. Yeah, so, ba Baylor's down bad. I, I would just like to... We'll see that game again, I think, most likely in the Big 12 tournament, as long as things go the way you'd kind of expect them to, but it's also tournament time, so things never go the way you expect them to. But if we do get that game in the Big 12 tournament, I think it'll be a really fun one to watch if both teams are healthy on a neutral court. Hey, OU's back in bracketology. As they should be. Because we're back in first place in the MAC. The Mac. Yep, top seed in the MAC. And I don't want to jump too forward here, but uh, I believe that... The OU men's basketball team is undefeated when bench press media is in the house. 4-0. 4-0 in the Also, so is the, house. the hypothetical system play. Wow. What, what yeah, let's is, talk about oh that. Days. I think that people should get put onto the hypothetical system Let's clap system it up for Mark play. Sears real quick. <laughs> yeah. So for all you people out there, the system play, hypothetically, of course, is any game I am attending or any, game, here. or any game I know I'm going to watch on television. I hypothetically bet the over. Okay. Because why would you not root for points? And Wes, I believe Saturday when we were in the combo. Hypothetically, I followed the system play. And you took the over. I took the over at 138.5 points, right? So let's set the scene for people here. 79 points are scored at the end of the first half. That's hypothetically, really, really well on pace to smash this over. The second half starts out pretty slow. Not much scoring. We get down to a couple minutes left, and I think I needed... I think we needed five points to cover the over with, a th I believe, two minutes left. So very, very doable. Um, it was six. Six. Okay. So they make a couple, I think it was a couple layups both ways. Wemo hit a three and yeah. a layup. Needed, ended up needing two points. Uh, point guard Tommy Schmock at the line, shooting two free throws. Drains both of my win, right? Goes up, misses the first. It's not good. Hurts, Come on, Schmocky. Right? Makes a second, so I still need a point. There's 36 seconds left on the clock. I'm like, okay, well, I, at least at least I know that Wemu is going to force a shot. Hopefully they make it. Not cheering against the Bobcats. I believe but, my exact word hopefully was they make it. shot or a basket or loss. Yeah, yeah it uh, was exactly what he said to me. He goes, basket or loss here, right? And what Wimu, happens? Wemu brings the ball down the court. Tommy Schmock steal. I said, I cookies. literally I, I turned to the boys and I said, Schmock just cost me twice. Cookies. Missed a free throw and steals the ball away. For whatever reason, the shot clock was not operating correctly. Mark Sears gets the ball, puts a shot up. He did not need to take. No, he did not. The clock could have ran out. The Bobcats could have won as as it was, up 10 points. Instead, he forces a three late, drills it, and I lose my mind as my over 138.5 cash. I mean, hypothetically cash. You don't want to say that Vegas knows what's going on in the MAC at 2 p.m. on a Saturday. They do. But golly, who from Vegas was in attendance that did not? Reset the shot clock. They the shot clock operator. They had to have had someone yeah. hacking the, shot clock, the operator. shot clock. No, the shot clock operator. Direct implant from Vegas. Convinced. It's wild. It was wild, though. I, obviously, Wimu gets the ball, dribbles it out. 
score finishes as was Ohio or Ohio University wins mm-hmm. by 13 139 I want to say was the final hey, or 141 Saturday, was final tally. Saturday was a great day for basketball yeah it it's really was let's talk Duke and UK yeah Duke, go to hell Carolina Duke did something wow. that UK did as well this year yeah beat the living piss out of UNC and let's talk UNC fans class Davis is, no I mean I didn't think that needed to be said we knew they've never had class class never I mean, Duke held a damn moment of silence when Dean Smith died. Mm-hmm. Coach K's retiring. We're yelling, F Coach K. You couldn't even say it, could no, you? No, because I have class. Yeah, you do. You are one classy individual. It was, uh, it was also Mrs. K's first game in the Dean Dome since it opened. Oh, I would have loved the Mrs. Also, K the flick game. off the fans. Would have loved it. And they were cool. also, I believe, they were going after Saverino. Yeah, everyone loves to go after <laughs> Saverino. And guess what? <laughs> we have never Guess done what? That. Never. My favorite part, my favorite part. Every time somebody goes after Saverino, guess who checks into the game with one minute left? There has Sab. not been a game where somebody does not go after Saverino where that brother does not check into the basketball game with one minute left. And he checked in. And I, guess what? He should have launched a three, but he I, didn't. I will say, though, that Coach K is is soft for trying to make the Notre Dame student section stop yelling. Tim, you lost to DePaul. About- I, you fine. lost to DePaul. I was I was gonna get to that. You lost to DePaul. You beat me to it. I'm just uh, hey, I'm just saying. Coach how K is still ranked. Uh, the voters voted. How? Oh, how? I have no I idea. When I when I woke up ranked. and I and then the poll came out and we were still ranked. I like I actually texted John laughing. I was like, how is this possible? Yeah, it it, it really is weird. How is that you not ranked? I'll say we're it. in the MAC. That's why. Yeah. But Tim, let's go back to DePaul. Thirteen and a half point favorites at home against DePaul. With and DePaul is also without their best player. Yeah. And you end up losing that game. Yeah. That's not great. No. Travis Steele, hot seat? Yes. Ooh. Bring Chris uh, like, back home. Well, Chris okay. All right. So this is what I'm going to say about Travis Steele. There is a whole community on Xavier Twitter that is all fire Steele. I am not in favor of firing Steele. I think he's a good coach. I think that he is one of the best recruiters in the Big East. He's clearly shown that year in and year out since he's been a head coach. If, he doesn't, if we don't make the tournament, fire Steele. But... If we're still, I guess what we're still ranked right now. Yeah, you are. We'd still be on a five line or a five or six line right now. A six line, I believe. Mm-hmm. According going to in, yeah, going into the tournament. If it were to start tomorrow, that was our first non-quad one loss. So I'm not super worried about it. This Xavier team just needs to start games well. It's been the issue. The last, they've seven of their last eight, they've been down at half. It's not great. Not great at all. But I mean, if we get a big win at Seton Hall. Or at Providence, that'll be huge. Their schedule's a gauntlet coming up, and yeah. it's only going to get more difficult once you come Big East tournament. Because that's time. the Big yep. East, my friend. There's yep. good teams all over the place. Providence is almost Whoa. top ten team. You guys hear that? Not to break the news here, but Saquon apparently the Giants are cutting ties with him. Makes sense. James Bradbury and Saquon Barkley both expected to be released. Makes wow. sense. Yeah, I mean, damn, Saquon just getting straight up for Saquon released. Saquon just released. I mean, let's be get honest. Get him to Miami. Saquon one year deal for. Uh, Saquon will literally, I think his next contract is going to be like a one-year, $6 million contract. Yeah, he'll get a lot for he's a one-year deal. Yeah, he's not going to sign long-term until people can see production again. Yeah. Uh, if, if they offer him long-term, he'll take it. But yeah. I, don't I mean, think I would will. too, but I'm saying like until he can prove yeah. it. Let's get would. back to college basketball. I'm going to talk about my Kentucky Wildcats to wrap things up. They're playing their best basketball right now. They're still at number five in the AP pool. I believe they're three in Ken Palm. They just got a big road win at Alabama. Alabama shot three of thirty from three. That is some. Uh, it's impressive, actually. That's some Bennett Snyder numbers from three right there. Three of thirty. Uh, Nate Oates, you're a fraud. I don't like you at all. 
moving no. forward anti-nato it's podcast yes we are i don't like you NATO's. I, I, I don't like nato I, like, I don't even know why i don't mm-hmm. like nato's but i he don't just think seems alabama like, fans like nato no buffalo they, fans hate nato yeah buffalo hate fans him. hate nato's hate them but they love bobby hurley so it doesn't make sense yeah, yeah. bobby hurley shout out yeah they, they had a big win they, they upset UCLA. ucla yeah right when Bums. someone Sailed the night 12. before said that bobby hurley needed to get fired i don't want to name names but i believe it was either tim conway or cameron robertson that said oh bobby no hurley i said bobby hurley fired. is one of the best mid-major head coaches possibly ever in the history uh and he recruits the hell out of people he gets great recruits to arizona state but he is unlucky and i think it w- might not be the worst thing for his career to go back to mid-major just because i mean he gets josh christopher he gets marcus bagley and then these guys are getting hurt all year and then yeah. they're going to the nba and still being first round picks he can't really do anything about that. No, there's nothing he can do about it. He recruits really well. This year's just like a down year. They've, they've had some really good years under Bobby yeah, Hurley. That's yeah. why I'm saying that he could go back to... If he's recruiting... Not, obviously not recruiting those same level of players. But if he is one of the best recruiters at a mid-major school... Say he was back in the MAC and back at Buffalo. He's automatically the best recruiter in the MAC, including Jeff Bowles, who I think is a very, very good recruiter. And Buffalo's immediately returned to powerhouse status. Rondo simply Se- by a coach he got rondo segu simply by a coach i'm asking one final question then we're going to wrap up this episode Krob, is jeff Bowles the coach for ou men's basketball next season uh, yeah positive yeah i don't think he's leaving or at least if he is he's not leaving after three years okay i mean he's going to get offered money this year yeah he's going to get offered money by ou as well jeff Bowles, the xavier as long as, as, as long as Jason Carter doesn't follow him. I was just about to say. Maybe super senior. Maybe Xavier needs a, a little. senior. Maybe, yeah, he already, I do, he already No, is. I do believe he has an extra year of eligibility. Yeah, oh, he, no, he does have one, but he's a super senior right now. Yeah, he's a fifth year right now. Technically, it's making a technically year, baby. he's a graduate senior, so they, he's not a they, super senior. They, all, they announced him as a fifth year. Yeah, I know, because he's like a grad mm-hmm. transfer. Because he graduated from Xavier, transferred to OU. His, super senior would mean... He was using his fifth year as the COVID year, so I think no, he can use his sixth year if he wants to. That's take what I'm it. saying. That would make him a super. Seems senior. like everyone's got a year if they want it. Oh yeah, yeah. Jason Carter will be back next year. Don't you friends worry. No oh, you basketball. Josh McDaniel extra year too. Oh, you going nowhere? And you know what? Oh, you men's basketball. Crowdaddy is coming on the podcast next week. We yeah. got to get in the well, works on that. Guess Woo! what? Crazy. Guess Case, what? Case time this podcast opens, we have a big ass game against Toledo. Same night. Yeah, we do. Talk Make about sure you control the Mac. Make sure you tune into that. And I'll just say this right now: hypothetically, coming off a big week uh, in the old hypothetical gambling world, hypothetically, I, of course, I could see myself throwing some hypothetical dollars down. Because who do we owe you on the road? What are we thinking the spread's going to be? They're going to be dogs against they Toledo because they lost Six and bad. A half. I'd I would, say Toledo minus two and a half. I'll go Toledo minus four and a half. I'll say three and a half. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll cut I'll you in the middle. I'll go six and a half. Okay. Toledo, Toledo wow, just came off a horrible loss to Ball State. Oh, which that is o, true. O, which that is OU true. dominated, yeah. by the way. Dominated OU shouldn't Ball have. State. OU really should have lost to Western Michigan. They got outplayed. Yeah, they really did. Uh, no, oh, half, uh, number 11 on Western Michigan, best player in the country. Holy doesn't miss a shot. Yeah. Absolute flamethrower. We might have to get after him. He was from, he's from Pickerton. Oh, he is from Pickerton. Yeah. 614, another one. 614 made. 614 made. We'll get after his contact information. You know, we don't want to go against our Bobbies, but Big I'll just, athlete? Oh. I'll say this right now. This dude was phenomenal. He's one of the guys where you watch and you just have to respect your opponent. Yeah. So you got to do. Well, I sat there and said, he's not missing. Well, no wrong button. I don't know what that means, but we just want to thank you guys for coming up on this podcast. This has been the Bench Press Podcast. We gave a huge announcement. Wes, what do we do here at Bench Press Media? We never rest. Never rest. Together, we will roll the world. world. And crop one more time. 
Check out Max's Meals, people. You gotta check out Max's Meals. Tim, wrap us up here. Use promo code THEBENCHPRESS for free shipping. Love you guys.